Welcome to Spiel and Deal on the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, we already broke down some region play in boys basketball, what to look for. But now we got to break down the region races on the girls' side. And again, I will preface this podcast by saying a lot of these regions are not having region tournaments. Uh, I collected at least 14 or so uh, region uh, regions that aren't having region tournaments. And I could read those off real quick, and I know there's going to be some more, but... For the sake of this podcast, we're going to still talk about the region, whether it be region tournament or just, uh, you know, finishing in the standings. You know, wherever you finish in the in the standings in the re- regular season determines the uh, top four that make the state. But so far, the region tournaments that are not going to be played, region five and seven A, region four and seven A, region three and seven A, region two and seven A will not have a tournament, but they will have a four versus five game. In Class 6A, Region 4 will not have a tournament. In Class 5A, Region 6, Region 5, and Region 3 will not have a tournament. In 4A, Region 5, and Region 4 will not have one. And then uh, I don't have anything listed for 3A yet, but in Class 4A, Region 4, Region 3, and Region 1 will not have a tournament. And then Region 4. And Class A private will not have a tournament. So that's what we have found so far. Things can change from day to day. But before we jump into it, I must ask, Ramin, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Carl. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I was uh, kind of happy we harped on that at the beginning of the podcast. We kind of mentioned it in passing on the boys podcast. And I think once we started getting those lists that uh, came in of really the number of regions that aren't having a tournament in many ways, the region races are more important. You don't have a time to put everything together and mount a surge in the tournament um, to really where you finish now. So this is, for all intents and purposes, uh, the tournament. These last few games are going to be critical for standing and for making that cut. And if you're right on the edge here as the four or the five, um, the time is now to make up some ground if you don't have a region tournament. So in many ways, the region races in these regions that don't have tournaments are more important to look at because, as we know, there's always upsets and crazy things can happen in a tournament setting. So without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Uh, 7A on the girls' side, Kyle, Region 4. Region 4 has been a an, a good region. It's you know It doesn't stand out when you look at the records. Uh, number 8, Brookwood, leads that region race, 5-1 and one in the region, 12-6 and six overall. And then behind them, they have Parkview, who's 3-2. and two. Uh, They spent a lot of time in the uh, top 10 at 13-5, and five, but they just recently dropped out. Newton is three and two in the region, five and eight overall, so under five hundred. And then you got another under five hundred team at six and nine, zero oh and two in the region in Grayson. But Grayson, another team that was in the top ten to start the season, they have not really done that well. But they played a really tough schedule, and they are extremely dangerous. Um, so with Newton and Grayson, those are two dangerous teams that are sitting there. Brookwood, um, if them they've done really well this year. I thought they were going to take a little bit of a step back. Maybe Selma Kula graduated but Diana Collins is a, a blue chip superstar so she's been carrying them as a sophomore um but just looking at what they've done so far they lost their first game to Parkview 68 to 59 then they beat them 73 to 57 in Parkview they they've dealt with some injuries they're starting to get back healthy but you know they lost Jose Baker for a period of time 
thing with like a hamstring injury. They lost another rotational guard with a, a you know, an arm or a, an elbow injury. Uh, so that really hurt hurt their momentum. I think Parkview, if, if they can get all the way back healthy, they're still a very dangerous team. But um, Brookwood was able to beat them in their second game. Uh, Brookwood, they beat Grayson 62-60. to 60. That goes to tell you, Grayson is much better than their 6-9 and nine record. So they beat them by two, and then they beat Newton by two, 50-48. So those two teams right there, um, those are dangerous teams. I mean, and, you know, we're talking about a um, – a region that is not having a region tournament. If you're Brookwood, if you can just pull out at least one more of these wins, they host Grayson on Friday and they host Newton uh, next Tuesday. Uh, boy, if you can get out of this region and, you know, in regular season play and grab that one seed and you don't have to worry about seeing some of these teams for a third time, where this is a region that's prime for, you know, upsets. All these games are really, really close. Uh, that would be really big. So Brookwood, if they can just close the deal, they got to feel extremely good about themselves for getting that number one seed because, you know, you're dealing with Newton with Sanaya Tripp, a superstar freshman. Uh, Ashley Norris is a tough guard. Parkview, Susie Nagolfak inside going to Samford, can move bodies. Lily Hart, uh, Birmingham Southern, a really tough guard. Baker, I mentioned. And Nadia McCann has had some monster games down the stretch here as a three-point shooter and uh, you know, with size that can do some damage inside as well uh, on occasion. And then Grayson. Grayson, Nadia Howard going to S- South Alabama. Um, Courtney Riddenberry is a, a long athlete. Catherine Albin, they, they got a lot of talent. So Brookwood, um, they got to be feeling really good if they can just close out at least one more of these wins to secure that berth as the number one seed. And also before we move on from 7 we want to talk about Region 6. Region 6, if you'll recall, uh, hold all the Forsyth teams. Usually very strong, a lot of competition, especially on the girls' side. You host your number 9 and 10 teams there. Very competitive region always and again this year in the 2020-2021 season, Kyle. Yeah, exactly. And West Forsyth was a team we had open up the season number 4 overall, I believe. But they played a super tough schedule. They took their lumps. Uh, but they stuck with it, and now they've won nine straight games, and they're sitting at 15-6 overall, 9-1 uh, and one in the region, while number 10 North Forsyth is 9-1 and one in the region and 17-4. And and West Forsyth, they're coming on strong. Uh, they lost their first game to North 53-33, uh, to but just recently they beat them 47-39. They already hold two wins over South Forsyth, who's 18-4 and four overall, 7-3 and three in the region. They beat them 67-63, then 63-54. Now they host Forsyth Central in Denmark to close out the year. Again, I'm not too sure because they did split with North Forsyth. Um, I'm not really sure who has the, the coin flip right there. If both teams went out, um, something that would be a, a really key deciding factor. I mean, Region 6, they, uh, they'll they be locking up with Region 7. So Region 7 that has Archer in there, Discoveries in there, and Norcross and you know, the rest of those teams aren't really big threats, but those are three pretty solid teams. Um, so you want to get a, a high seed as high as you can. But West Forsyth with Kayla Cowart, um, Callie Thrower, Kaylee Thrower, they've been getting healthy. They've been getting better and better and better. And uh, that big win over North Forsyth puts them in a position to at least be in that discussion to get that one seed. And, you know, South Forsyth's a really good three seed. South Forsyth, we had them ranked for a, a second, but we said – we don't really know how long they're going to stand because they haven't beaten North and they haven't beaten West. And those are the two teams um, you, you you have to beat if you want to win that region. And, you know, they're just 
they really are just the third best team and they are behind north and they are behind west but they are still a very very dangerous team um no doubt about it that is a team that uh is going to be a really tough three seed but they do play north for scythe to close out the season on the ninth uh, on on tuesday so if south for scythe they could very well throw a monkey wrench into north for scythe's plans of trying to grab that one seed so uh south for scythe or, well, North Forsyth, North Forsyth, they, they still have some hurdles to clear if they want to try and um, gain that one seed. West Forsyth is a little bit easier of a schedule, but, I mean, Forsyth Central is a tough team. Jillian Bretz, um, Elizabeth Pruitt inside, that's a good team. Then Denmark with uh, Sophie Smith can put the ball in the basket. Uh, that's a sneaky good region in Region 6. Might not have a state title team in that region, but really good teams that you don't want to see come state tournament time. And we'll take it on down to classification 6a again we're going to talk about region 4 and region 6 region 4 hosts and lovejoy langston hughes and westlake respectively and region 6 has the number six and seven in kell and sprayberry yeah we'll start with region four which is the best region in the state it looks like uh number one westlake they won over 100 straight games they're the hands down favorite to win class 6a i just don't know how anyone can compete with them because it's not like you know, they, they have that one percenter, and sometimes you need that one percent talent in the entire nation to really just be able to beat teams that are super well coached and beat all these other teams. Raven Johnson is a one percenter, and Tania Latson, while I don't think she's at that one percent, her her numbers don't lie. She's putting up monster, crazy numbers. She's exceptionally good in the backcourt, defensively and athletic, alongside Raven Johnson. She's a high major recruit that's going to be able to pick what school she wants to go to in a power five conference well you got those two and you got snoop turnage a 6-2 defensive stopper you got the big three we already know westlake is going to win this region they have just absolutely demolished lovejoy and links and hughes two good teams uh so westlake's going to get the number one seed and westlake is very well uh probably going to be playing in the making coliseum if they're not that's going to be a, a a monster upset even though they would have to lose to a really 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 good team in class six a uh, if they lose to anybody at this point and this juncture, it would be a monumental upset because this is the best. This is the best dynasty we've seen since Maya Moore um, at Collins Hill back in the day, and I'm not sure if Maya Moore even won four straight state titles. Uh, last I saw, I think she might have won like three in a row, but I don't even know if she won four. And Raven Johnson, a rarefied air, if she's able to do that. But uh, I'm looking for the two and the three spot. Number four, Lovejoy, six and two in the region, fifteen and five. Number five, Langston Hughes, six and three in the region, fifteen and five. The difference there, Lovejoy beat Langston Hughes 48-47. So it went down to the buzzer right there. Um, a one-point game, and they play at Langston to finish the season uh, on the 16th of this month. So get them really deep into uh deep into the calendar, which is strange. And we got region, you know, I guess some aren't having region tournaments so maybe it won't affect them as much uh because they are not having a region tournament as i look at it right now so i guess that's why they can push back the schedule as deep as they need to but that's going to determine who's going to get that two seed and looking at region four they're matched up with region one which is uh let's see here houston county lee county north side valdosta i'm telling you right now advance those three teams from region four into the second round now the fourth spot um I, I I don't know who's going to be able to do anything there, but 
Uh, you can pretty much stamp three of these teams from Region 4, unless there's an upset, are going to at least make it to the Sweet 16. So um, they're, they're, that's, a, that's a scary region to have to deal with. Um, but Lovejoy and Langston Hughes, it's going to be interesting to see who gets that second seed. And again, it just feels like everyone is playing for second place uh, when it comes to having to deal with um, – with uh with Westlake as that 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 juggernaut in there so you definitely want to try and get um you know that that second seed but either way if you're the two or the three seed you're on the left side of the state bracket away from um Westlake and at the end of the day that's all you can ask for is to be on the complete opposite side of the bracket uh, from Westlake and you know Lovejoy and Langston Hughes, they're going to be able to do that. And that's going to get them into a position where they can be a state title contender, at least make it to the state championship. But again, once you run into Westlake, uh, you probably run into the, uh, you know, the end of the line as far as your season goes. And before we leave, we still do need to touch on Region 6, as we mentioned in the intro, Kyle. Region 6, it's it just comes down to number 7, Sprayberry, and number 6, Kale. Sprayberry's 13-0 in that region, 17-3 overall. Kale, 12-1, 19-3. Sprayberry, uh, it was a nip-and-tuck game last time they played. I know it was like a tie game where they were down like a minute left, and then Flauge Johnson just made the key plays down the stretch, and they pulled out a 70-66 win over Kale. Uh, it's going to be another really good game. Uh, Sprayberry hosts Kale on Friday. Uh, again, uh, yeah. That's that's a a really big game, and uh, you know it's kind of tough because you're looking again going back to where these teams fall on the region bracket. Uh, shoot, I mean, looking at it, really, it's better to be the two seed because if you're the region six one seed, you're in that quadrant with Westlake, and you don't want that. So be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you play for. I know you want to win region championships and everything, but if the goal is the, I don't want to say easier path because all paths are going to be hard, but you want to avoid Westlake the best you can. And you can do that by being the two seed being the number one seed. It's not as easy. You would have to play them. uh, You would have to play Westlake in the elite eight. And that is, that's no good. That is no good for spray barrier. Kale. So, uh, Thinking logically, it's better to be the two seed, but of course, you you can never tell your kids, hey, let's just not really care about this region championship. You always want to win every game, but long term, uh, whoever loses that region championship, uh, I don't think they're going to feel too sorry for themselves. On to Class 5A. A Um, couple regions we want to touch on here. We'll start with Region 3. They host the one and the two seed in Woodward and Forest Park. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, Region 3, it comes down to those two. Like you said, Woodward's ranked number one, Forest Park number two. Woodward's 8-0 and in the region, 11-1 and overall. Forest Park 6-1 and in the region, 13-4 and overall. And Woodward did clip Forest Park 55-51 at Forest Park. And um, they, um, they, uh, they play Forest Park again uh, on the 12th coming up. So that game's just going to come down to Sydney Bowles, Sarah Lewis, uh, Mackenzie Mooring, I think, had a big game against uh, Forest Park defensively. Kyla Nears, a scrappy little guard. Zoe Scott, you know, another player that provides some length. Uh, Woodward is one of those rare teams where they do have the length to kind of make things a little bit d- more difficult on Saniah Fagan inside. Um, but uh, Jasmine Stevens, a, a key piece going to Presbyterian for Forest Park, her inside-out play. 
and then all the transfers that came in, Jalissa Knowles. Uh, she's been uh, she's been really big uh, for that Forest Park team, uh, and uh, they added that three point shooter um, from Westlake, who's really uh, really uh, really giving them that that spark on the outside, being able to shoot the ball and knock down some shots in Olympia Cheney going to UT Arlington, and then you have Jada Brown, a good sophomore. So, um, again, that's that's going to be a really tough game, and, again, that looks like it could potentially be like a state championship um, state championship uh, type matchup right there. Uh, but Woodward with the, the game advantage, uh, they they got to take care of business a second time, but it, it will be difficult. But Forest Park, uh, you know, ever since that loss to Westlake and the – you know they they don't look as unbeatable as we thought earlier on in the season. Uh, Sanaya Fagan, she's really going to have to carry the load. I know she's not much of a uh, a huge score. I mean she gets her points. Just looking at right now, she averages 18 points and nine rebounds. But she's you know Fagan, she's not really the type that's going to dominate and give you 28 points and 14 rebounds. She's just not one to really surpass that that 20 point mark uh, a whole lot. Which is you know I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um you know they're blowing out teams and she doesn't really have to play the the entire game but uh just going up against some of the top competition she has 17 against lovejoy 18 against gac 10 against campbell 25 against holy innocence 12 against southwest decab um 13 against montverde academy uh she did have um she you know these last couple games she had 10 points in a, a low scoring win against langston hughes she had 14 in a, a very bad loss to Westlake, had 18 points against Woodward. So um, she's she's a consistent force, but she might need to take her game to the next level come state tournament time. Um, would like to see her get some of those 25 and up games, but uh, Forest Park continues to win, but they're going to have to slay that dragon, which is now Woodward Academy that has shown that they can beat the best of the best in Class 5A. And still in Class 5A, a couple other regions. Again, Region 4, Region 6 seems to be a re- recurring theme here. Uh, region 4 has a trio of Dutchtown, Union Grove, and Jones County. We want to keep an eye on um, all three of those teams, three losses in the region, 10-3, and 10-3, and 10-3, and 9-3 and for Jones. And then in Region 6, you have number 3, Maynard Jackson, and number 9, New Manchester. Uh, Maynard Jackson, three less games played in the region, but an unblemished record. New Manchester sitting at 8-1. and one. Region 4 is interesting. I know I believe we had Jones County ranked in the top 10 to start the year. They got off to a really slow start. They played a fairly tough schedule, but Jones County, they're sitting in that third spot in Region 4. 10-8 and eight overall, 9-3 and three in the region. Ahead of them is uh, Dutchtown, 16-7, 10-3. Union Grove, 16-7, 10-3. Um, but, uh, you know, when you got Jada Morgan, a superstar sophomore, Jones County is is very very dangerous he can carry that team but starting with dutchtown they split with union grove and they hold a 52 33 win over jones county uh, and uh, you know they play uh, jones county on friday so that's going to be a really big game just to you know see where they're at um and you know sitting in that middle spot right there union grove they split with both dutchtown and union grove so or not with union grove but um, with Jones County, so they have uh, they've split with both of these teams right now. Um, it's uh, we got we got to see how everything plays out uh, with this Union Grove, but uh, it's the Union Grove's come on very strong. I mean, they weren't necessarily on my 
on my radar going into the season, but they played uh, very, very well. And, uh, you know, they pick up a 44, what is it, a 44-41 win over Jones County. And they, uh, let's see, Union Grove, they did, uh, they did beat Dutchtown 53-48. So sitting there in the middle of those two in that, you know, tied for first, I think a lot is yet to be decided between these three teams. Uh, so that's going to be a, a fun race to see how it kind of unfolds. And then uh, Region 6. Maynard Jackson ranked number three, New Manchester ranked number nine. Maynard Jackson uh, beat New Manchester 77-66, but that was back in December 15th. So that's a you know a long, a long, long time ago. And they uh, Maynard Jackson they host uh, New Manchester next Tuesday, so it's going to come down to that game right there to decide who wins the region. I mean, Carissa Richardson's really good for New Manchester. Cameron Bates on the perimeter. Uh, but Maynard Jackson have been super tough this year. They always have a lot of talent, and it looks like they're finally clicking. They have some good freshmen that have come in and bolstered that uh, rotation as well. So um, two two really good teams. Uh, region 6, they match up with Region 7, um, a region that is, you know, we, you're talking about uh, Hiram, and uh, you're talking about Hiram and um, uh, Hiram, and Cass right there, so that's a that's a really good region. Uh, so you you want to get a good seed, you want to make sure you kind of avoid uh, those top teams in the first round. On to Region Four, Kyle. We want to hit the even ones, I guess, except for Region Eight. I'm um, Region Two, Region Four, and Region Six. Region Two. All of these teams have two. All of these regions have two ranked teams. Excuse me. Um, region Two. We'll start out with uh, number two Troop and number three Carver. Yeah. So over here in Class Four A, Troop and Carver. Uh, that was in that Columbus region that was shut down for a, a, a long period of time. So you're looking at Troop five and zero in the region, nine and four overall. Carver six and two overall, just two and zero in the region. And these two teams haven't even played yet. As we record on the third, a Wednesday, um, these two teams were supposed to play on Tuesday, but I saw no scores anywhere, no reports. So it feels like one of those two teams is in quarantine or they did not play. So. Still a lot to be decided between Troop and Carver. That head-to-head matchup is going to tell you who really ends up winning that region. But we're getting so deep into the season to think teams got eight games played, only two games in the region. We're supposed to be ending region play this week and next week. It's uh, pretty ridiculous, pretty crazy what's going on um, over there in uh, Region 2 and Class 4A. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Region 4. Uh, number six Baldwin and number eight Spalding Baldwin eight and zero in the region twelve and zero overall Spalding five and zero twelve and three um, they've dealt with some injuries throughout the year again these two teams obviously both sparkling records they have not hooked up yet um, again I believe they were supposed to play this week just the other night but again did not see anything on Twitter so it feels like that game might have been pushed back a little bit so uh, that's that's a that's a Obviously, a, a really, really important game because uh, that's going to decide who wins the region. And, you know, Region 4 is going up against Region 1. And Region 1 and Class 4A, it's it's not a super great region. Cairo's undefeated in there, but we don't really know how great Cairo really is. They just haven't really played anybody. But Spalding and Baldwin, always two really good programs. Um, Spalding, uh, Kirsten Milner's done a really nice job this year. She's picked up some offers. 
Alicia Threat's a, a solid big man inside. Naraya Slayton, I know she was hurt when I watched them play. I'm not sure if she came back yet or not, but she's a straw that really stirs a drink for Spalding and makes him special. And then uh, Baldwin, you got Madison Ruff, a young player that's really stood out this year. And then uh, Tamia Smith. So there's going to be some really good guard play in that matchup. And then going over to Region 6, number four, Arabia Mountain, and number seven, Marist. Um, both teams 10-1 and one in the region. Uh, Marist, they lost at Arabia Mountain 57-51 in the first game. But just the other night, last night, 52-24, to uh, they spank Arabia Mountain, which is surprising considering, you know, you lose by six, but then you come back and win by, what, 28 points? That really shifts things. That's really going to change what the state rankings look like. But that deadlocks these two teams into a tiebreaker scenario going down the stretch. I don't think either one of those teams are going to lose another region game. Um, so, again, I don't know exactly how the tiebreakers are going to work, uh, but that is definitely – a um, definitely a number one seed that is up for grabs that you really want to figure out and, and see who gets because those are two very good teams, two very dangerous teams. Um, it looks like I, I think they might be having a region tournament, which would be nice to actually have these teams play for a third time, which is something we kind of forget about. Once you have region tournaments, you can get those those rubber matches that decide, okay, we split during the regular season. Let's not just go to a coin flip, which would really suck when you take away region tournaments. It's something that I guess some people are forgetting about, but let's have these one seeds decided on the court. And hopefully I think region six does have a tournament. So that way, if everything goes according to plan, we will get round three between number four, Arabia mountain and number seven Marist. And Kyle, we'll move it down to Classification 3A. We'll also start in Region 3 of Classification 3A. Um, on the girls' side still, we are talking about Beach and Johnson. Similar thing here. Beach is ranked ninth in our state poll. Johnson at 5. But Beach does hold a one-game lead in the region at an unblemished 6-0 and over Johnson. That is correct. And Class 3A on the girls' side, we, we said going into the season this is going to be a deep classification. There's going to be a lot of moving parts now. Things have kind of formed into shape. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, formed into shape as far as we know which teams are good by now. We don't know the exact order of where these teams are going to lie, but we'll start in that that uh, that Region 3. Beach, they beat Johnson 48-44 at Johnson. And again, they were just supposed to play last night on Tuesday, but Savannah, oh my God, Chatham County, they're they're screwing the pooch on this one, Ramin. We're right there at the start of the state tournament. We're right about to be there. Region play is almost wrapped up, and everyone wants to cancel these games and start postponing them and pushing them back and saying, no, we can't play. Again, Ramin, GD, we've been doing this all freaking season long. We know what to do. Wear a mask, clean your hands, social distance, play basketball. We can't keep pushing these freaking games back. You have to play the games. Stop telling me that this is this and this is that. We already understand the risk of what's going on with all the virus. We have vaccines coming out. We've been living with it for a year now. The season is almost over. Put a mask on, wash your hands, and play basketball and get it all figured out because we cannot keep pushing this stuff back. Chatham County is just getting super tight right now and getting really afraid to play basketball. I know Windsor Forest boys just shut down. A lot of stuff is going haywire in Savannah. I hate it for the kids. I hate it for the coaches. And again, like 
I, I know we want to be safe for me and I'm on my soapbox, but I mean, people are not going to these games and dying and dying and dying. We, again, we eliminated the jump ball. How many more lives do we have to say we're good? Put a mask on, play the games. I know we got a quarantine. If there's close contact, but again, what there's like 434 schools in the GHSA. There might be more by now, something like that. 469 schools in the GHSA. The vast majority of them, They've gone into quarantine some of these schools here and there, but the vast majority of them are able to play their schedule and do it without too many setbacks. But again, at the end of the season, now it just feels like everything's bottlenecking and Savannah's kind of screwing it up. But again, Beach versus Johnson, whenever they play the game, we already know that's always a great matchup and it's always a team. Those two teams can go deep far into state. Uh, We'll keep it moving here. Region 5. A region we said was going to be very good. A lot of these teams were ranked. Uh, we had, what, number seven, GAC, 6-0 in the region, 7-4 overall. Number 10, Westminster, they had a slow start to the season because they were locked up in quarantine, but they're finally back and flourishing, 8-0 in the region, 9-1 overall. And other teams that have spent time in the top 10, Douglas was ranked at one point. Sandy Creek was ranked at one point. Redan was ranked at one point. Cedar Grove was ranked at one point. That's one, two, three, four, five, six teams were ranked at one point. Are these six teams all legit top 10 teams? Possibly. Maybe they're just all beating each other. But GAC is currently in first place. They've swept Sandy Creek and they beat Redan 49-45. But you're looking at Westminster. They played everybody right now in the region. So I feel like Westminster, they, they played a couple more games, but they have the resume right now. They beat Douglas uh, 71 to 36. They beat Sandy Creek 47, 41 Cedar Grove, 42, 33. They punished Redan 58, 23 Westminster is playing good basketball right now. And they are actually traveling to GAC today on Wednesday, a game I am trying to attend uh, as long as I'm able to get out there to take hold of first place in the standings. That is a really big game. Needless to say, GAC who, Again, they always play a really tough schedule, and then their record looks kind of crappy, and then they play their teams in the region, and you want to kind of see them kind of blow them out and really like, hey, look at us. We're we're legit. We're the defending state champs. But, you know, close win over Sandy Creek, close win mm-hmm. over Redan. Now that close win over Redan, now I don't know if Redan was missing players or not against uh, Westminster, but a four-point win against Redan doesn't look as good as a, a 35-point win against Redan that Westminster claims. So, Really, really interesting to see what comes down tonight. And, you know, J.C. Bolden's good. Obviously, Kaylee Addy is the one that makes everything go for um, for GAC. Big-time score. Uh, Lauren Randolph going to Memphis inside is just a big body. Um, and at Westminster, you got Courtney Ogden, sophomore, six foot one, averaging 18 points and eight rebounds a game. She's a blue chipper. But this freshman, Stella Chartrand, a guard, has come in, giving them 16 points per game. Because uh, we knew coming in, it's all sophomores. Everyone was a sophomore. Everyone was a freshman last year for Westminster. But now they add in this freshman, Chartrand has really given them a second score to go along with Ogden. Um, Westminster's looking really good right now, and this game against GAC will decide a lot. Really tell us what the, not only the region picture looks like, but kind of what the state picture looks like as far as, okay, is GAC dropping? Is Westminster rising? That could really determine what the middle of the pole and maybe even higher looks like. And I'll go over to Region 6 now. Northwest Georgia basketball. Number 3, Sonoraville. 13-1 in the region. 17-4 overall. Number 4, Koala Creek. 12-2 in the region. 18-2 overall. 
And then Rockmart, 11 and 3, 15 and 6. Now, Sonorville, they, I, you know, even Quallow Creek people have said, yeah, Sonorville kind of kind of owns us right now. Um, they beat them twice, uh, 50 to 39, and then 57, 55, and that's why they're ranked ahead of them. And they beat Rockmart 74-62, but then they lost to uh, Rockmart 64-60. But, you know, I want to pump the brakes on that. That was kind of a – I don't want to say a fluky game, but a little bit of an outlier considering uh, Megan Little outscored Kiara Berry. She hit, what, six threes. And if Megan Little's hitting threes, Rockmart's extremely dangerous. If she's not hitting threes and it's Kiara Berry's the only one that can score, Rockmart is they're, – they're a good team, but they can't beat the top echelon team. So – that was a perfect recipe of what Rockmart did to beat Sonoraville, and that shows them that they can be good teams. They just need more consistent play, and it all starts with Megan Little. She is the X factor. When she is shooting the ball well and doing some things on offense to take that load off Kiara Berry, Rockmart is a good team. But when she's not, it is just a one-dimensional, predictable offense, and they're going to beat a lot of teams just because Kiara Berry's that good. But once they see some better teams, it kind of runs into a buzzsaw, which has happened against Coal Creek. Coal Creek, a very balanced team. They punished Rockmart twice, 76-47, then 74-49. They had no issue uh, dispatching of Rockmart. But those three teams, very good. I don't know if Rockmart's going to have another magical run like they had in Class 2A last year when they made it to the Final Four. I think Class 3 is much, much more difficult to deal with um, but you never know. But just looking at where it, it lies right now, if Rockmart did get that third seed, um, you're looking at Rockmart in Region 6 with that third seed. They'd match up with number two out of seven, Region 7, which, um, you know, we're about to talk about in just a second here, which could be, you know, White County, Lumpkin County, Gilmer County. Really good teams right there. Um, but after that, the other number one team in that, you know, you're looking at region five, number one. So you'd have to deal with like a GAC or a Westminster in the second round. And then the elite eight, um, region three, number one, you'd be like beach or Johnson. So that, that top left-hand quadrant, that looks like a, uh, a buzzsaw, a nightmare. We'll touch on that later. as we get a little bit closer to state tournament time, but let me shift over to region seven. Like I just talked about. Lumpkin County, number two in the state. They just hit 18 threes in a game. They won 96 to 10 against West Hall. West Hall's not good, but still, you're, you're hitting 18 threes and 96 points against anybody. Wildly impressive, but Lumpkin, 9-1 in the region. Number eight, White County, who we put in there. Again, a team that had a lot of injuries, had a slow start to the season, played some tough teams. They've gotten healthy, and they are absolutely rolling right now. 10 and 1 in the region, 11 and 7 overall. They have won six straight games. And then in that third seed, uh, another tough team, Gilmer County, 14 and 4, 8 and 2. Uh, that's a that's a nice team right there. Uh, Gilmer, of course, they are able to uh, you know give some teams some problems. They got a uh, Beth Burnett as a, a three point shooter, uh, but it really all starts with Ellie Callahan, the junior, about six foot one inside. She just carries that team. Um, but looking at Lumpkin County, what they've done, their only loss in the region was 58-57 in overtime to White County. Um, they, they beat Gilmer 67-46, um, but they will play at Gilmer on Wednesday and at White on Friday. That will decide the region right now, or at least a one seed. Again, I believe this region is having a region tournament, I think. Um, so at least we're talking about getting a one seed heading into the region tournament. 
Uh, but at Gilmer and at White will decide what Lumpkin County does. You're looking at White County. If they just were able to handle their business against Gilmer earlier in the season, they lost 66-55. They came back and beat them 66-49. But, boy, do they wish they had that win in hand over Gilmer. That would give them a little bit more um, room for error. Uh, but it is what it is, and that is going to be really important basketball in Class 3A down the stretch. you got to watch what Lumpkin County does at Gilmer today on Wednesday and then at White County on Friday. That will decide a lot heading into the state tournament, I think, as far as seeding goes for their region tournament. And now on to Class 2A, one uh, region here, Region 3, hosts three ranked teams, uh, Lamar County, Waco, and Northeast Macon at 5, 7, and 10 in our poll, respectively, Kyle. Lamar County has really uh, come on strong. I mean, they lost 53-51 to to Dodge County, and Dodge County was in the top 10 for a second. They kind of fell out. I think they're like 4-4 four and four in the region. Still a, like a solid team, but I mean, Dodge County, they did get railroaded by, by Waco. They got beat pretty bad, um, but Lamar County, they you know, they, just, they, they turn it on, you know, 47-39 against Northeast Macon, and then that 57-56 win over Waco, and then they came back and they got revenge against Dodge and won 64-41. So Lamar County, number five in the state, eight and one in the region, 15 and four overall. In second place is number seven, Waco, six and one in the region, eight and one overall. And then number 10, Northeast Macon, five and two in the region, eight and three overall. And again, we're looking at these next two games, two or two of their next two games coming up for Lamar County, just like we were talking about Lumpkin County. Watch Lumpkin County to see what happens with them. Watch Lamar to see what happens with them. They're at Northeast Macon on Friday, and they're at Washington County on the 9th next week. That will decide what happens in this region. Tamiya Blasting Games had a good season. Shikaria Foster um, has done very well, as well as Aria um Fletcher, I believe it is, has uh, had a very good season. Um, so that those are the those are the three to keep an eye on. Blasting game, um, what I say, Zarya Fletcher, and then uh, Shakira Foster. Uh, they're they're playing extremely well, and um, you know this is a team that's you know Blasting game's a junior, Fletcher's a junior, and then pretty much literally everyone else on that roster is a freshman. So this is a team that is built to win. Um, not only this year, but next year. And, you know, I'll, I'll say down the road in the future as well, they need someone to really step up and be that starter to replace blasting game. I mean, Foster's done it, averaging 14 points a game as a freshman. But this Lamar County team, Coach Adam Bauer, he's been building. They have a really good team. And I know we mentioned in a couple podcasts uh, back that Lamar County, this is a team that we said they, they would beat up on teams in their old region. And I guess when they're in Class 2A, and then they they get into the state tournament and they mix reviews. They might make it to a Sweet 16, but really couldn't go too much further than that. They are battle tested coming out of this region. They are a good team this year. They are a legit good team this year. And I think moving forward next year, for sure, they're going to be very very scary because Waco is going to graduate some players. Um, but the Mar County, no, no reason for them not to take a deep run this year. They're playing extremely well. But I really want to see what happens in that rematch at Washington County. That will really tell me personally, determine what this team's ceiling is. Is it going to be a close game? Is it going to be a close loss? Or is Waco going to come out hungry and just blow them out? We will see. And finally, we will talk about a private um, region five. What a powerhouse there. You have number one, number two, number five, and number eight all in region five. Um, of note, 
a private does do the power rankings i believe kyle not anymore i mean they 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 scrapped it i know i forgot about that earlier in the season i'm glad you brought that up Power rankings are gone now. That is a good point for bringing that up, Remy. And it's something that some teams love and some teams hate. Like the smaller schools that were like on the fringe of being good, they could kind of always manipulate like some Christian Heritage, like Lakeview Academy, some teams like that. They, maybe Tallulah Falls back in the day when they were good. You could kind of tinker with the um, with the power rankings and earn some points and get a good good uh, good seat. But now since we did the split to go to a private schools and a public schools, both separate classifications, not having to deal with each other in the same region, now that has lended to power rankings not having to be in play. And now it is straight up, baby, region tournament style and region champions, so that really will decide a lot. Sorry for jumping you, Ramin, but no, um, that, that is, is exactly good information. where I wanted to lead. Yeah, I mean, it's very important, and the lead in inter-region five for eight private, um, you know, if you had the old power ranking systems, a lot of these teams would likely be, I mean, given they have not played a lot of games in the region, so who knows how the power rankings would look this season. But in a normal year, you know, you have four powerhouse teams. They would all be fairly highly ranked in those you know, top 24, but now they're just fighting to get in the state tournament, Kyle. Yeah, exactly. And think about that. Uh, I think we got rid of the the power rankings at the right time, I feel like, because how would, I mean, how many appeals would you have when you're doing the power ranking systems and you're trying to rank teams that have played 24 games against teams that have played like 11 games? Like that would have been a freaking nightmare. And it's still a nightmare right now with some teams just not being able to get on the freaking court enough. Again, you're looking at number one Hebron right now, who's in the catbird seat. They beat Holy Innocence, who's number two in the state. They beat them 59-57 in double overtime. So that tells you right there, one versus two, that, that's a pretty legit matchup. And then they beat um, number five Galloway, 65-54. They handled their business with them as well. Um, but you're just looking at that. Hebron, they played 21 games. Wesleyan, they played 10 games. Like that, that right there in itself, it's just so difficult. These teams... Some schools are way stricter than others, and then private schools can be stricter than others, and this and that. And then, you know, we already, I was already bitching and moaning about uh, Savannah with them shutting things down, and I was already crying and screaming on the boys' podcast. We got Class A public, but it is just crazy to me to think this has happened. And we got 20 games here, and this team's got two games here. It's 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 just ridiculous and again it's like how far along schedule are some of these teams this team might be rolling they played 20 games with this other team well they've only played three games so far but let us get four more games under our belt and we might be you know further ahead of schedule than um you know or where we need to be as far as a a, a schedule goes as how we're developing as a team but it's just so different like teams could be peaking in the second round of the state tournament because we finally played you know four consecutive games without having a two-week layoff it's it's crazy. Um, but back to the region, yes, Hebron's a team to beat. We had them number one to start the season. They had that weird loss to Elka, but they have certainly righted the ship since then. They're in control. Uh, Wesleyan, they're in – I mean, they, we can't really talk about the region. We're not really looking at region play. I mean, Hebron's 2-0 and in the region. Holy Innocence, 3-1. and Galloway, 2-1. and Wesleyan, 1-1. and Not enough results there, but we know how good these teams are. Um, and – uh yeah it's 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 hebron it's holy innocence hebron with all his division one players holy innocence just that really great tradition tough player cr foster i know she just committed to georgia college a player that has battled injuries her entire career i'm really happy to see her because i think she's a really good winning guard um 
And, and, you know, Holy Innocence, Olivia Hutcherson's been really good as a sophomore. She's taken over that Jillian Hollingshed role. And, you know, got the, got the Subtle Sisters as well. And then Galloway, um, you know, Galloway doing all this without uh, Jada Rice, who got hurt at the end of last year, I believe it was, who's going to ETSU. But I'm telling you, that that, that freshman guard they have right now, um, and Tiana Thompson, about 5'10 point guard. She is, she's going to be a superstar. She is a, a big time stud. She's a triple double threat. Really can pass the ball, can score the ball. She is so good. You, you load her up with, uh, those sophomores and Kyla Kane and then Allison Hoffman. This Galloway team is going to be good for a long, long, long time. If they just add, you know, keep, keep developing, um, some more pieces around those two. Uh, you know, those three, that's that's a really scary good team. And, you know, Wesleyan, they're a little bit young. Chit Chat Wright has done a really good job. She's a playmaker at point guard. Eva Garabadian, as well as provided a lift. And Alyssa Phillip inside going to Georgia State. Um, a big bruiser has been good. And, uh, you know, those are four really good teams. But Hebron and Holy Innocence, I think they are the they are the class of Class A private right now. And to see that end up being a 59-57 double overtime game in favor of Hebron, um, that's pretty much all you can expect between the two best teams in the state. Normally, we would end the podcast by talking about a public Kyle, but uh, I will refer you to the rant in the boys podcast for all the discussion of a public that will be taking place here. Um, no reason to repeat that. It's kind of been touched on throughout the podcast. In short, they have not played very many games. And so what do we make of them? I don't know. We'll see who ends up in the state tournament. And I guess we'll we'll go from there in our state tournament preview podcast. Um, but with that being said, Kyle, I appreciate your time. As always, if you're looking for the boys region reviews, uh, region races kind of breakdown that was covered in the previous week's podcast. Um, all the analysis can be found online at sandyspiel.com. You can find us on Twitter at Kyle Sandy three, five, five and at Sandy Spiel. We appreciate you listening. Um, until next time on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off. <laughs>